We are back yet again here at the Thick Manning headquarters, and I've come to an epiphany this week that one man alone cannot save the YouTube and TikTok content industry. Fortunately, there are two of us, and this week we are here to talk about the struggles our man Antonio Brown has been going through in recent days, along with the AFC playoff picture. And Antonio Brown is really a victim. I don't think people quite realize what is going on with that man. He was told by his coaching staff to leave the field of play because he himself, the person who knows best about his body, realized that he was hurt and couldn't go back in the game. Antonio Brown obeyed his coaching staff. Granted, he did it in dramatic flair, but he was not willing to hurt himself while the team prepared for a playoff run. It simply was not going to happen. Antonio Brown refused to let that happen, so he exited the field of play. The Bucks paid him back by effectively kicking him off the team, but they refused to cut him for two reasons. One, because Tom Brady is in there fighting diligently day and night for Antonio Brown. He is sitting behind Bruce Arians' desk, making Bruce Arians sit in the guest seat of his own office and laying into him. And they don't want a playoff team to pick him up. But Antonio Brown is the victim in all this. A lot of stooges jumped to his mental health. As soon as the story broke, there are always two sides to each story. And Tristan, what do you think of our dear friend Antonio Brown's recent struggles? At this point to me, Antonio Brown's antics don't make much sense, especially with the storming off the field. I did not see that one coming. I thought possibly he'd just get cut because of the whole vaccine card thing. And when you look at his history, all the antics that have gone on over the last three years, with the frostbite feet thing, he maybe he actually forgot to put socks on. There's speculation around that. With the helmet thing with the Raiders, some people can make the argument that he should be allowed to wear the helmet that he's been wearing for years. With the fake vaccine card, he allegedly also did get vaccinated even after submitting a fake card. And even then the suspension happened. It's not really clear how everything transpired here. But now with this situation, we actually got to see his antics take place live with our own eyes. We saw him storm off the field. We saw him make a spectacle. We saw him sabotage probably the rest of his career. And after watching the last few years of his career go down, I feel bad for the other guys that have been labeled as divas, labeled as self-absorbed, like Terrell Owens, like Odell, Cam Newton, Randy Moss, Des Bryant, or even Baker Mayfield now. They must be questioning why they ever received that label. And this label should solely belong to Antonio Brown at this point. With the laundry list of things that he has done, it is quite mesmerizing. And maybe that's the right word. I will agree with you on one thing. I won't be surprised if Tom Brady brings Antonio Brown back for the playoffs because as we're recording this, he has not cleared waivers and Tom Brady wants to win another Super Bowl. And I don't know if he can get that done with just Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski and we'll see if Leonard Fournette's able to come back healthy. So that's my take on it. Playoff Lenny will be back. But look, you are saying Antonio Brown is a stooge for the stuff he did in getting out of Las Vegas. Everybody wants to get out of Las Vegas now. Antonio Brown was ahead of the game. You know how dysfunctional that organization was and decided he was going to cause trouble immediately. He forced his way out of Las Vegas and I don't blame him. Every player should force their way out of Las Vegas. What's going on there? But I feel like AB's getting a bad label. If he was indeed told by the coaches to leave the field of play if he wasn't going to go in, he did leave the field of play. He did a bit more dramatically than they were probably expecting him to, but... That's Antonio Brown. What do you expect? At the end of the day, he's high in town and some team will sign him eventually. He's not been released yet. The Buccaneers might not release him at all for a variety of reasons I've already mentioned, but next season he will be on an NFL team. I don't think there's any team that is going to sign him after everything that's happened. I mean, when he left the... Tristan, Ray Lewis was gainfully employed after killing somebody. If you're good enough, you can be on an NFL team regardless of how bad your track record is. It seems like more NFL players respected Ray Lewis than those that respect Antonio Brown. They respect his game, but with everything that he's done off the field, I I don't know if uh, there's many teams out there that are going to be willing to bring him into their organization. Doesn't need to be many, just needs to be one. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is true. I don't see it happening unless it's with Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady goes back to the Patriots, brings Antonio Brown along the way with him, gets Mac Jones traded. A lot of real possibilities out there. The AFC could be very wild very soon, but it's actually already very wild right now. The Bengals absolutely smoked the Kansas City Chiefs defense. They humiliated that side of the ball, and they made it look easy. Jameer Chase might be the best wide receiver we have seen in a long while. He's putting up these numbers this quickly into his NFL career with Joe Burrow, who is going to be the franchise quarterback, who is basically Baker Mayfield, a scrappy guy who transferred as a walk-on and became the first overall pick. Except Burrow can actually sling that thing. Baker, half his body doesn't work right now. We don't know what's up with him. And the Bengals have set themselves up to be a real threat in the playoffs. But here's the issue. The Bengals defense is what we call lacking. Their secondary, lacking. Their defensive line at points, lacking. Their linebackers, most people can't name them. They're not exactly strong on that side of the ball. So I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit on the Cincinnati hype. I personally do not consider any sports team, whether that be collegiate or professional, a legit contender if they are from Cincinnati. The Bengals, joke. Reds, joke. Bearcats, joke. Their hockey team, joke. Their chili, joke. That entire city has failed to produce anything meaningful. So I need to see it before I believe it. I have no optimism in the Bengals. And frankly, I could see this playoff game going a similar manner as their last one. The act of beating the Chiefs is impressive. I think it establishes them as, quote, a real team, whatever that means to you. But it does not mean they are anything close to favorites in the AFC. I don't even think it means that they're better than the Chiefs. I don't think if they play each other again in the playoffs that the Bengals are going to beat them. It took Jamar Chase having the sixth most receiving yards in a single game in the last decade to win a game by just three points. It took an all-time performance. It is not a win you can rely on repeating in the playoffs again. Jamar Chase probably isn't going to have 266 yards or whatever it was come playoff time. The Chiefs were winning the entire game until there was 11.44 left in the fourth. The Chiefs controlled the vast majority of the game and had two drives that unfortunately stalled. If the Chiefs play the Bengals again, they're not going to just let Jamar Chase go for over 200 yards. They're not going to let Joe Burrow dominate in the same way. And I trust the Chiefs defense a hell of a lot more than I trust the Bengals defense. They're going to make the Bengals beat them if they have to play them in the playoffs. But where this does hurt the Chiefs, and I think this was this was not good for them, is that they've lost possession of the one seed as long as the Titans find a way to beat the Texans next week. And if you're in the NFC, it would not matter losing the bye week because you'd have to play the pathetic Eagles. But unfortunately, the Chiefs are in the AFC. They're more than likely going to have to play the Chargers or the Raiders. And while they may salivate at the opportunity to destroy the Raiders for a third time, they've done it twice already, they shouldn't want to play the Chargers again. They went to overtime with the Chargers the last time they played them and probably would have lost if it were not for a bunch of failed fourth down conversions and what some may call questionable coaching. That is, is that what opponent? we're calling it these days? Questionable coaching. I call it stoogery of the highest order taking place in the sideline, but hey. But that's not an opponent that they should look forward to playing. They've now lost the opportunity to rest on a bye week, so that's not good for them. For me, they're still the favorites out of the AFC, and even though it's an impressive win that they actually beat a really good team, the, the Bengals took care of business, it doesn't mean anything when it comes to projecting their playoff success this season. And again, everything in Cincinnati, terrible. The team, probably going to be terrible in a few years, but I will say this for the Bengals, they've got one thing on their side that is momentum. Momentum is something you desperately want to take into the playoffs so they can transform this win into a win next week. They have got a full half scene going into the postseason. I would not be excited to play them, particularly if I was a team like the Colts who has lost their head of steam in this most recent week. Team like the, uh, say, Chargers who sneaks in the playoffs. Team like the Raiders. They're not a fun team to play in the first round, but they really can't compete with 
some of the top dogs in the AFC. I feel like a team like the Chiefs, like the Bills, with a high-flying offense could meaningfully dismantle them. But a team which does not have a high-flying offense, a team with a low-riding offense, a team which likes to ground and pound the opposition, is a team Tristan has already mentioned this podcast. A team he hates with a passion. I'm, of course, speaking of the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Philadelphia Eagles are a playoff team. It is making Tristan seethe and cope on the inside. The Eagles have made the playoffs and will continue to make the playoffs in the foreseeable future. And the Eagles are truly a unique team. You can talk about teams like the Titans, like the Colts running the ball as their identity. That's all the Eagles really do. They just run the ball without a truly top-tier running back because their quarterback is freaky athletic and their rotational pieces in the backfield are all very solid and they win games with. Their O-line is not amazing, but it's solid enough they can just ground and pound you to death. The combination of those two things with impressive offensive play calling makes the Eagles a team which you really don't want to play in the playoffs because they can control the clock better than most of not all teams. Now, am I saying they're going to win a playoff game? Probably not. They really don't belong in the playoffs. No seventh seed belongs in the playoffs. as a stupid rule change. But they are an interesting team to watch. They're certainly exciting with Jalen Hurts. And I could see them doing a little magic, a little sorcery in the first round and pulling off a surprise upset. Tristan is very upset about the Eagles because he predicted they would sit at a stout two to three wins and has been pounding the Gardner Minshew narrative all season. Tristan, I hate to break it to you, but they're wrong with Hurts and Hurts is a franchise guy and he's just going to keep owning the Giants for the foreseeable future. Grant, everyone in that division is going to own the Giants for the foreseeable future, but hey, Hurts is going to own them especially hard. Well, the Eagles truly are a pathetic organization and I think their fans need to look at their season. It's nothing to be proud of. They beat a terrible Atlanta team that's not good at anything. They beat a Carolina team that's not not very good. They've dealt with a bunch of injuries all season long. I think everyone kind of agrees that they would have been better if they weren't dealing with all the injuries and the terrible quarterback play. They beat the two-win Detroit Lions, one-tied Detroit Lions team. They beat a Denver team that is so hot and cold and their offense is pretty bad. Playing a New Orleans team that was starting Trevor Simeon at quarterback. And they've gotten to play the Washington football team twice. And they've gotten to play the Giants twice. And even lost to the Giants. So they have not beat one team this season that I would consider a good team or even a playoff caliber team. And they are the epitome of why a 17 playoff was idiotic. We're just going to get to watch another bad team in the playoffs get obliterated by whoever the two seed is. I think that's going to be the Rams. So they're going to get blown out by the Rams in the first round of the playoffs. And then they're going to go walking home with a worse draft pick. So I know Eagles fans are happy, but they're winding up with a worse draft pick. Okay, good. You're going to get another year of a running back at quarterback. I, 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 I don't care. They're not a good team. You are actually hurt. How does it feel knowing the Eagles played a better schedule than Giants, a team you thoroughly dumped on, spoke all sorts of ill things about this organization, and they're still in a much better position in the long run than the New York football Giants. That must be painful to you. A team you think is the worst runner, terribly run with poor coaching, is going to be better for the next five years than the New York football Giants. One of the teams in the biggest markets of the world, certainly one of the biggest football markets, and they aren't even the second best team in their own state. Buffalo owns See, New it York. doesn't. Re- they are back to the Jersey Giants. It doesn't really hurt me just because I've you come sound to hurt. terms. It's because I hate the Eagles, but my feelings comparing the Eagles' future to the Giants' future, it doesn't really hurt me because I've come to terms with how bad the Giants are. What does hurt me is when I have to watch Joe Judge press conferences talking about how he players want to play with him and how they're building this nice winning culture after a 4-1 season throwing for negative 10 passing yards. That's what hurts me as a Giants fan. Well, the offensive line probably won't to come back because they are certainly overpaid. I wonder what Nate Soldier is going to be doing this time next year. Probably, Probably either on a practice squad or in 
enjoying himself on this couch. See, the Giants paid him a lot of money, Tristan, so he's going to retire. The Giants have taken care of Nate Solder, so he will live a very content life for the remainder of his years. He will probably not be going broke because he got franchise left tackle money. While we're peddling TikToks from pennies. Uh, dollars, Tristan, dollars. Now, there are teams that mathematically still have a playoff chance in the AFC. The AFC is not quite locked up. The Chargers, Raiders, Colts, and even the Ravens and Steelers mathematically have a chance to make the playoffs. The Chargers and Raiders game this coming weekend is a win and get in. Whoever wins that game is in the playoffs. The Colts play the Jaguars as long as they win that game. They're in the playoffs. And the Ravens play the Steelers. Whoever wins that game, if the Colts lose, they're in the playoffs. And let's just assume for the sake of this brief discussion that the Colts win their game and the Ravens and Steelers are immediately eliminated. The team I think could do the most damage out of all these, you know, teams that are looking to lock up their playoff spot this weekend is the Colts. They have the best running game in the NFL since Derrick Henry is injured. He may come back this weekend, so they may be the second best running game in the NFL, but no one wants to tackle Jonathan Taylor 30 times a game in the playoffs. I'd love uh, to do playing that. The <laughs> playing the Colts round one is a war for any team's defense. No one is trying to get Jonathan Taylor in their face over and over and over again. The team I want to most see make the playoffs out of the AFC teams left is the Raiders. I think it would speak a lot to Derek Carr's value if they were able to make the playoffs, given everything they've gone through. John Gruden's departure, the Henry Rugg situation, interim head coach for the majority of the season. And they're also getting Darren Waller back this weekend. So I think it's going to be cool to see their offense now. Now with an established Hunter Renfro, the best player on the team, Darren Waller back. It's going to be cool how their passing game could evolve. And then there's the Chargers. The Chargers are the team the Chiefs want to play the least. The Chiefs want no part of the Chargers. If the Chargers win, they're going to have to play them. The Chiefs would probably much more want to play the Raiders. Uh, we've seen those games go down. So I want to see the Raiders beat the Chargers. I don't really care if the Colts make the playoffs or not, but I think they pose the greatest threat out of the teams that have not locked up a playoff spot yet. Tristan, yeah, again, you are being a dubious hater. You are simply pretending the Steelers are eliminated from the playoffs. Now, there are some gods in the sports world. There's no denying that. Things just seem to break perfectly too many times. But Big Ben's last ride ain't going out in week 18. It's going out in the playoffs. Ben Rosberg and the Steelers are going to be a playoff team. Now, I know it seems unlikely the Colts lose to the Jaguars, but let me tell you something. Trevor Lawrence is going to go out there and have a statement game for the ages. He is going to salt the earth in Jacksonville and remind everyone why he was considered the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. You are just brushing over that game like it's an inevitability. The Jaguars are going to win that game and Big Ben, the greatest respecter of women in the city of Pittsburgh, is going to slide into the playoffs. And after that, I don't know what happens because their offense frankly putrid at times. Truly unspecial in most ways, but that defense is pretty nasty. T.J. Watt going after that sack record. It shouldn't count because 17 games this season. That's pretty dumb. Records should be considered records, Carlos, but hey. Well, he's missed two games. I do not care, but hey. <laughs> Where I'm Standing sitting, up for the New York Giants. From Michael where Strahan. I'm sitting, no one wants to play the Steelers because Big Ben is set to go on a run. Roethlisberger is going to come back to peak Big Ben form in the playoffs like he did his rookie season, take them over the top and deliver them a Super Bowl. He's going to go out the way he came in, a champion. Now that is take unlikely. Take some creatine and all of a sudden be able to throw an out route again? Hey, he can throw out routes just fine. I don't know if you're watching that Browns game. Final play, touchdown. Boom. But no. <laughs> if the Steelers probably aren't going to make 
the playoffs. Jaguars stink. But if they somehow do, I would not be keen to play them just because the storyline involving Big Ben could cause something to happen and their defense is nuts. But something I will say since we've gotten on the topic of the uh, wildcard teams, the Raiders are having some personnel issues right now. They've had a lot of stuff not go their way this year. Some would say that's poor coaching. Some would say that's because they're in Las Vegas. Things a little bit of both. But Nate Hobbs has been catching a few strays this week. And at face value, the media is reporting like he has committed some terrible crime and saying he was arrested for DUI. The story is Mr. Hobbs went out, realized he had had too much a drink while still in the parking lot of where he put his car, pulled the car over, and went to sleep. So, sure, he made a bad decision, but he realized he was making a bad decision, stopped in the parking lot, and went to sleep. And because he was behind the wheel sleeping instead of in the passenger seat, he got charged with a misdemeanor DUI. There is a reason he is not going to be in jail and will be able to play the remainder of the Raiders season. Like, let's not bury this dude just because his teammates are absolute idiots. He rectified the wrong he made, and I'm tired of the blamestream media just taking pot shots because hey it goes with the narrative the Raiders are dysfunctional the Raiders are dysfunctional but saying Nate Hobbs is some sort of villain in this whole thing is comedic to me you got no thoughts on that do you <laughs> I'm not gonna jump in that <laughs> hey that's your decision to make I just know Nate Hobbs should not be regarded in the same breath as an idiot like Henry Ruggs who got hammered and decided to go 180 miles an hour but hey falling asleep is a lot different than killing somebody well he pulled over then fell asleep pretty sure if he fell asleep at the wheel the car would have hit something on that pleasant note thick man ain't would like to wish you a happy new year remind you dear viewers that you can get the best sports content probably on a lot of other channels we can get decent stuff on ours compared to guys like the stay out podcast we're better than those fucking clowns Anywho, be sure to hammer that subscribe button hit the follow button if you're seeing this on tiktok like share and hey we will be launching merchandise once we had 50,000 followers on tiktok so <laughs> we will <laughs> we will surprise <laughs> goodbye there we go. and see you later